Come on in. We were just talking. Welcome to the Open Marriage Podcast, candid conversations about life, marriage, and parenting. More honesty than polyamory, but we talk about it all. I'm Summer, and I'm joined in conversation by my husband, Jason. Can all this stay in? Let's start with taking a breath. Can all this stay (laughs) in? This is the best start ever. (laughs) Kick you out. Sorry, Jason can't come to the podcast today. Because he's dead. Oh, uh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. So I was thinking about how these conversations started, and I just kind of wanted to go organic, like old school. Because we would come into the room with our coffee and sit down together, stare out the window, and then it would go somewhere. We'd just start talking about something or some topic. And I was just curious to see if that could happen with microphones in our hand. But it it also doesn't have to. I'll tell you the things I've been thinking of, and then you can tell me things you've been thinking of, and maybe we'll find something interesting where our curiosities align. I have been thinking, would we talk about our road to recovery and how we got here. And I think specifically of the roads we walked around Marley and just what that time did for us. I've also been thinking about vanity and as you age and just letting some of that go and the freedom and the enjoyment that there is in that. And I've also been thinking about physical health. What a key factor that played. Boring. Okay, so none of those are (laughs) interesting to you. No, I was just, I was joking around about the physical health one. I was like, let's talk about dietary supplements for (laughs) an hour. (laughs) Um, Of the three that you mentioned, I was really struck by the second one, the vanity, because we are, am I allowed to divulge your age? Yeah, I already have. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm 41 and you're 40. And so we're right at that cusp of, you know, we're on the back nine. Uh, hopefully it's not nine years left in my life, but we're on the back 30 or 40, or however long we get. And so... 40 or 50, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we're halfway, I would say. Okay. That's um, an exciting Yeah, it is. And I'm one of those weird people who is excited about growing old and has always felt internally like a somewhat old soul but the body deteriorating you know i'm about a week and a half from getting laser eye surgery and part of that conversation is oh by the way even though your eyes are going to be perfect after the surgery you're still going to need glasses within the next few years for reading because you're over 40 and i'm like gosh yeah i'm at that stage in life where some of those things are starting to deteriorate but the ones that are relevant to that discussion are about physical appearance. And now we're at the stage of life where all of those markers are start to, we're like milk in the fridge that's, uh, that's going off. No, we are not <laughs> like milk in the fridge. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's totally gross. Are you so attracted to me right now? Not at all. Do you want my sexy lumps? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? It's the black eyed peas, isn't it? Yeah. But I I remember Alanis Morissette like lip syncing it in some video. It was really funny. But what do you feel like the connection is between a discussion about marriage and this relationship or family dynamic, how that connects to vanity? Because that is not immediately obvious to me. It came to mind because I woke up this morning and on my way to the bathroom, I caught sight of myself and it's so ridiculous. 
that I just had to laugh. <laughs> you have a very sexy podcast voice, so if people could see you right now, <laughs> there would be serious whiplash. <laughs> it is kind of funny to me that we live with other people whom we once tried so hard to impress, and yet we allow them to see us in such a state where it's just it's comical or shocking. It's just like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize you woke up like that. And you did wake up like this, though. To, uh, I did wake up Beyonce. like this. Yeah. I do not presently look like <laughs> I do on our podcast thumbnail. But I love that I was able to laugh when I saw that because I think for a long time I could only accept the version of me that I thought was attractive. It's based on my opinion. I like myself with makeup and hair and. You know, I'm not saying that based on what other people found attractive, but still I was very critical of just, this is not me. When I look like this, I, I want no one to see this. I'm not going to take any credit. We're going to just ignore this version exists. And I guess over time, it has just been really nice to let some of that go and feel like I can... To let yourself go? It's been really nice to let yourself go? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> happened too. <laughs> For both of us, I'm sure, and some respects and I think it's that journey of how your body changes and shifts throughout the years I definitely have had years where I'm overweight years where I care about my appearance years where I don't and years where I'm exercising years where I don't and I think all of those versions have brought me here where I in the end feel like I can look at that and hold it loosely it, it comes and goes and that's the thing about aging and vanity is it's all going to go it is your going. physical it is going. Yeah. appearance and the nice thing is your vanity goes with it and so there becomes this acceptance of other things in life are more important or all of a sudden you don't put that much stock or that much weight in those I mean not entirely here's where I landed I realized I like both versions of me and maybe I should say the challenge has been to like all versions of me but I, I still see a these two really diverging self-images where one is I'm at home, I'm in whatever is comfortable, no matter what it looks like. It, it just needs to be soft and free and there's no shoes, you know, no hair, no makeup. And yet there is something very freeing about that and very indulgent. All of those senses, it is relaxed, it is sensual, it is, you know, a space of comfort. And I also really enjoy cleaning up and putting on makeup and fixing my hair and feeling like I'm putting my best foot forward out into the world and allowing a space where I can enjoy both of those instead of feeling like it needs to always be one or the other or only one is valuable or only one is beautiful, I guess. And I think we've become so unaccustomed to seeing the naked face. I mean, whenever I catch sight of myself without makeup on, eyebrows and everything or anyone else too when I watch makeup tutorials on YouTube and you see the naked face it's always a little bit shocking and a little bit unsettling because we're so used to covering over and smoothing all of our flaws and so that comes into a relationship because you're allowing the other person to see you like that and I think that is a big part of mirroring comfort that we begin to adopt for ourselves when other people can accept us in our raw, natural state, and then also really enjoy and marvel at our made-up state, where it's like, oh my gosh, you look amazing today. That feels good too. It makes me think of that John Ronson comment in his podcast series on Audible, The Butterfly Effect, where he talks about all of these really 
malign effects of the rise of free online porn. He's not demonizing porn per se, but in that series, uh, one of the things that he touches on is just a little side note, is he talks about how there is this rise in impotency among very, very young men, like late teens. They're already experiencing erectile dysfunction because they have been raised on pornography of every physical feature augmented to 11 on the dial. And so when they see a, instead of the naked face you were talking, when they see it like a naked body, a real body rather than this idealized like surgically altered body they can't actually summon the natural arousal response wow i we have talked about this before and i have found that shocking but actually when you compare it to that sense it is frightening because i know what it means to look at a naked face and feel like oh you need to put some makeup on (laughs) you know and we just we get so used to it and I'm coming down off of that, but I can't imagine being a male and seeing that in a whole body and being a like, whole body, whoa, yeah. what, what's wrong with what's going on there? You know, why are you lopsided? Why is that? I mean, there's so many. Why is there pubic hair? Why is there? Yeah. All of these things. You're supposed to be like a wax dolphin. You're supposed to have like, you know, triple shocking. D tits, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Feel sad for the boys. I mean, it's great for the drug industry. Like, oh, we've got a pharmaceutical solution for you. But it's just interesting. I think that does tie so much into marriage or you know any long-term intimate relationship because it is not feasible to be made up and have that artificial face on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even though the example of like the arousal response of men raised on porn or men like you know barely men within a marriage like how do we keep that sense of arousal and not just arousal because it doesn't have to be sexual but just how do we reframe our sense of beauty and like appreciating that that whole person and the non-made-up person and I think the real curiosity is how is that for men because you're so visually aroused and so What does that feel like in a marriage where, especially through the family years, the early family years, where active wear is the preferred uniform and (laughs) no hair, no makeup, and don't care. Yoga pants are the new new sweatpants. It used to always be like... At least there's spandex. It's one thing up from from sweatpants for you guys. I still prefer sweatpants, but... Yeah, yeah, baggy versus tight, like... How do you feel about it? I don't even know these thoughts, so <laughs> you can be honest. I know this is this is tough. Like this is oh tightrope walking without the net. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! You should see the smile. Oh, geez, I'm in for it. Okay, I will prepare my space to receive. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, this is where I stammer and try to buy time because. It is just a fact that the person, this totally hypothetical individual who's unmade up, wearing like frumpy grandma pajamas and in one sense is not, doesn't spark any like kind of like, oh my goodness. But also when you have been around somebody so long that you 
are really captivated by like the essence of that person. It is very strange how on on some level you just start to experience that person almost as like a spirit like a spiritual being like rather than just the container. And I'm not saying that because that's like the oh wow, phew, he got, you know, he got out of that one. <laughs> she had him backed into a corner. Because there are times obviously where I find you more physically attractive than other times just as in reverse, yesterday when I, you know, put in my contact lenses, I was going to a friend's party, you know, making eyes at me on the couch and you're like, you look really good. And, and I felt, I felt good. I was like, oh, thanks. And there was another moment where you were saying you should actually get, not made up, the, the guy equivalent of doing your hair and makeup. The hair is kind of tough for me being, <laughs> <laughs> being follically challenged uh, in terms of wanting to be an attractive beautiful presence for you just beyond my winning personality and and I do think it should be flipped cuz that stereotype of men don't need to be attractive it's all about this pressure on the woman to be made up and even after having kids to then just suddenly like lose all the baby weight and go back to being toned and you know, hard body in a bikini it's so dumb first of all it's so limiting to the value of a person to reduce them to the packaging. And I was just talking about this on social media this morning because my company, Tune and Fairweather, we're publishing books and we just published our first one. And people are getting it now because we've just shipped out the first round of orders and got a really nice Twitter DM from a visual artist that I really admire. And when I saw that he had ordered the book, I was so starstruck. His name's Dave White. He's an incredible artist and does like these beautiful paintings of he's been painting a lot of animals and he's a he's a big video game fan and but he ordered a copy of the book um, that we made. And so I included a handwritten note with the book saying, Wow, I'm I'm so thrilled that you ordered the book. Um, I admire you a lot. And he sent me a note in response. Aww, and he so said cool. he's like, I got my book yesterday and it just made my day. But the thing that he focused on, like a lot of people have commented on how beautiful the book is, but he com- he's like, I, I couldn't put it down. I started reading it and it was really interesting. And it just captures that sense of loving this video game that you've written about and that experience of being a fan. And, hmm. wow. and so he was commenting on the content rather than just the style mm-hmm. of the book. And And that's an artist. That's somebody who you would expect to comment on the style because of the aesthetic sensibilities that people have who veer into that line of work because they they do care about beauty and aesthetic. And I thought the compliment meant so much, not just because I'm a co-author on the book. And so he was talking about words I'd written, but it reminded me the content is so important. And I feel like that's what this conversation is about. And And I've been zigging and zagging and wandering my way to this point. But I want to say that both have a place. When Tuna Fairweather released this book, we wanted it to be beautiful. But I also spent months going line by line and editing it. And and so we spent just as much time on the content as we did on the form and and the form factor of it. Beauty is important, but so is the texture and wisdom of a person and the richness and the personality and the lightness of being, but also the emotional seriousness and roundedness of, a, of the content of a human being. To bring it all the way back, that initial gotcha question, hot or not, what do you think of me today? <laughs> 16 years into our marriage. 
I think you are hot. And even though right now the, the style is like, you know, textured, but like the content is never, ever, that's like the baseline that is, and that's the nice thing. And it's not even a baseline because it actually, that is the line that keeps rising over time. There are like two intersecting lines. Like one is gradually bending downward and you can kind of prolong it so that it goes down slightly more slowly by taking care of yourself, eating right, you know, exercising. But you're just prolonging the like the length of the line. It's not going down quite as quickly, but it's going to go down because we're all aging and entropy is doing its damnedest. But there is a line that bends up, and that is the thing that if we invest in it, can continue to appreciate like compound interest style and just keep getting even steeper and more upward bending. And that is the wisdom and the knowledge and the skills and the things we accumulate as we go through life. Listening to that and just thinking about beauty, I question, is beauty really important when you're talking about the designer? My natural hunch is like, absolutely, yes, I completely, I hear that, I feel that way too. But there are so many things in the world of significance, and I'm understating it, everything in the world is of significance, but not always beautiful. And if you just take it to the animal kingdom, maybe that's a safer space. Some animals are gorgeous, some are hideous, you know? And on top of that, it is so subjective. We all have such different preferences. And what I find repulsive, again, in the animal kingdom, someone else is like, oh, Just say I it. love those. Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> you find snakes repulsive. <laughs> um, but bringing it back human on human, it is so subjective. And I, I think when I ask myself that question, just to play devil's advocate, I realize that what's growing in me is my spidey sense for beauty and just... Spiders also repulsive. I feel like I'm at a place where I'm able to see more and different kinds of beauty than just the physical exterior. And, you know, you just think about development and we go through a stage of life where it is just all about the physical. And... yeah. You're young, and that's what it is. And I don't know if there's much room to judge it, except to say it goes well for us to outgrow it, especially if we're going to be in long-term relationships. And that's not to discount it, because it's still incredibly pleasing. It is pleasing to the self when you feel like you look the way you want to present. And it is pleasing to others to receive you that way. And it's worth the effort so long as you also enjoy it. I mean, no one needs to torture themselves. If you don't if you don't like wearing contacts, then you don't wear contacts and people will love you with glasses. But if you're not wearing them out of spite, then that's a different inner reality playing out for you. It's but it's hard to know what's conscious and what's Oh, absolutely. Unconscious. Absolutely. And that's not always alive to the realities of why we're behaving in certain ways. Absolutely. That's the joy of where we are as we're starting to come alive to some of those. And it's really interesting to us to look back and see, oh my gosh, that's what was under the surface here, underneath all those kind of actions. I find that really fascinating. Like I'm thinking about the different times in a relationship where you've like inflated a little bit. And <laughs> he's not talking about my ego. <laughs> it was times where you were in a lot of stress. 
yeah jobs that where you had difficult bosses or managers yeah and i think the times where i have probably looked my least desirable were also times where i was the most depressed or trying to self-soothe mm-hmm. now you see why physicality and nutrition and health was right behind my curiosity of vanity and why that conversation Mm -hmm. came up because one does lead into the other what does it say about our physical health when it is in alignment and when it's out and how does that manifest in so many different aspects of our lives and relationships you start going into that territory without even intentionally trying to attraction is a component of that i remember when i was starting to get healthy and get some of that like mental clutter cleared out and start caring about myself valuing myself and starting to eat better you know exercise more when i was just coming out of that i remember at one point you sent me a text that kind of took me off guard it's directness it was almost like we were rebooting the relationship and you're like i just want to let you know i like strong men like, get your ass to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you women are all the same. I'm kidding, but but I loved that you said that because that was like a very, it was a very candid, very honest thing. And in my mind, you know, I love science. I'm very fascinated by evolution, both you know, physically, but also psychologically. And for any organism that is going to reproduce, your survival in that vulnerable state of you being completely consumed with caretaking for much of human history. Obviously, that has that dynamic has is undergoing massive upheaval right now and for the good and you know a lot of respects. But you depended on a, a strong presence, and that was usually a male partner, to have your back while you were helplessly caring for a child, because you were completely vulnerable to attack. And so I just I'm I'm this is me being curious about it, because I don't know if that I like strong men. That's not something for me that I've ever particularly cared about you like investing in. But it was on your side. You've, over the years, encouraged me to, to build my strength, to, to be strong. And so I'm, I'm just curious about why is that? I would first like to clarify, over the years, I have not encouraged you to build your strength. <laughs> I was not like, no, that's oh, true. you should I'm go co- to the gym. This- no, I am kind of overstating. I was just saying like, there've been like two or three comments about like, oh, you have like a naturally, you know, like you have good muscle definition, like you should work that out, like ex- build that, like accentuate that quality. Yes, definitely. I guess what it is for me, it starts with yourself. And I think you're right. Attraction is important. I just think we're looking outside for it when really it starts with self-attraction. For me, I was beginning to work out then. I was doing some gymnastics classes and, you know, having to endure that torture. And I felt like someone else should too. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, that wasn't it. Misery. Misery misery loves loves company. Yeah. I was beginning to have that experience of myself and realize I had let my own standards slip. I was beginning to experience the difference of looking after myself physically, looking after myself nutritionally, and realizing that I felt night and day different, like a totally different human being, and was enjoying it. As I allowed myself to realize that I have a standard for myself, it was just about health and realizing that I want to feel a certain way and function at a certain vitality. And I want for you to be there too. And that's going to look different for you than it is me. I'm not trying to tell you how to do it. 
and you ended up, you were running, you had already been running, you're running some more and you're running some half marathons and now you're working up to marathons. I mean, it did not need to look like you getting into the gym. It just needed to be on your radar that our health is Mm -hmm. significant to how we feel and how we show up for ourselves and for one another. And once we both began to do that, that was a big deal. So was the, I like strong men comment, was that about health or was that about an aesthetic? I find strong men like physically attractive or was that, was it about personality and like men who are assertive and strong in their... Yeah, it definitely it's is not a trick question about at all. health and it definitely is about personality, like knowing oneself and being able to hold your composure and the room, a conversation, a conflict, a business meeting, whatever it is, that is strength of character. And it is also about aesthetic in that muscles are very pleasing. Like even I know at times when, when I was younger, I used to dance a lot and I had decent calves and I was like, Oh man, I love my calves. They're awesome. You know, <laughs> but I don't have them anymore. Are you, are you idolizing the golden calves? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was. Dang it. I love my old holdover from my Bible story childhood. <laughs> uh, all of my esoteric jokes. I do like a toned fit body and I'm not there perfectly myself. It's a process. It's just about what direction are we going and how much are we fighting the atrophy here? And Mm. when one person comes on, I think it works well when both people do it together and you feel like you're going in that direction of being your best selves. You create some energy there. You said something I loved. I just want to unpack a little bit more because you were talking about exercise and stuff, maintaining like an attractive appearance. In a way, it is a rebellious act. It's like pushing back against entropy itself. Mm. And that's something that I've been obsessed about lately as I've been, you know, seeing all the rioting and stuff happening, you know, some of the more extreme protests. And I'm just thinking, oh, the world is unwinding itself naturally on its own. Like, let's not speed up that process of all these buildings are going to be reduced to dust if you dial the timeline out far enough. Again, I'm becoming a broken record with this thing. And I just heard it actually echoed back in a podcast I was listening to this morning where they were talking about how much more difficult it is to build something than destroy something. And how when we were very young, we take for granted that the world just exists in its current form and we have an easier time. We feel less sensitive to tearing things down because like, oh, it's just the normal state of the world is this level of tall buildings and big statues and things. But to take care of ourselves physically and even as we're aging and even as I'm getting into my 40s and to take care of myself and to build up muscle and stuff is like just a little bit of like flipping the bird at at the grim reaper and about the flow of time and it's like no I can actually grow even as I'm declining like I can still grow in strength I can still hold off that tide a little bit yeah it is a futile fight that i'm eventually going to lose but i like that rebellious aspect of it that you pointed to investing in this relationship building it up rather than succumbing to that fatalism 
nihilism. I don't know what, which word is more surgical in this case, but yeah, like, oh, it's all, everything's breaking down anyway. Like, whatever, let's just speed the process and just pull it down and get it over with. I like that pluckiness of like, <laughs> let's have some fun while we're here. Let's be strong and, and do good with that strength. And as we've talked about this, the very idea of strength has come under profound suspicion. At this stage, a very strong, assertive man, especially if happens to be white, that's the current sort of boogeyman in culture is powerful white man. Like, oh, probably up to no good. And yet, A powerful person, a person of means, a person with resources, whether that's financial or emotional or whatever, can be an incredible force for good in the world. Mm. And we should all be aspiring to be more powerful. (laughs) And so part of my reaching a positive emotional place where I am right now was wiping that taint off of the idea of strength and reclaiming that like this archetype that we've kind of forgotten about because there is such a rush to you know, cast dispersion on like a person who wants to be strong that's seen as like the ultimate suspicious act why are you so concerned with you know gaining power and influence what kind of nefarious plot are you cooking up i think i want to do a little bit of pushing back even just as a sideline in the course of this conversation to be healthy to emotionally self-regulate the way that you need to to operate in the world and within marriage and even just as a healthy psychologically healthy human being you cannot be weak terrified and fearful Mm. you will not do yourself or any of your loved ones or anybody in your life any favors letting yourself go in that respect mm-hmm. and sliding into helplessness and and weakness and because that's just a place where you just become riddled with anxiety yeah it was not a good look for me <laughs> i think you <laughs> i think you can attest to that or me yeah i definitely mm. had my long stretches of time where i was very fearful of everything like any responsibility it just was too much and i nursed that i would say <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think we have to find our own two feet and our own strength. And we do that in our adult lives when we're alone and life gets hard and scary and we're kind of shocked by it at first and we crawl under the covers and then eventually we realize, oh shit, nothing's going to get done if I don't do it. And eventually you get up out of bed and get on with it. Put in your contact lenses. Put in your contact lenses. You get dressed. Baby. You get out of your crappy uh, <laughs> hey, hey. running running shorts and oh, put on okay. some trousers. Yeah, keep it to you. I am. We see um, this is this is a two sides of the bed kind of mm-hmm. kind of situation. As we wrap up, I feel like the two things I would love to talk more about, if I could give ourselves some thought homework and research homework, I would love to talk more about pornography. Flat out, there is a lot in that for men for marriage, for children, for parenting. And there's many different angles. And it's a big one in the current culture. And I'd like to talk about... It's the new sex ed. It's the new sex ed. God damn it. Um, and I'd like to talk more about power and strength and those archetypes mm-hmm. and continue that sort of conversation. It's equally important and yet different for men and women. And there's real issues coming up right now with power and strength for both men and women. And what it looks like to step into that. So I'd love to talk about that more with you. That's where my interests are. It's interesting. I feel like we've already broached that in our conversation about the devouring mother. 
this whole idea that men are the only people with power. Yeah, you're and, right. And just completely having this like cataract, like this blind spot that that prevents us from seeing just how much influence women have in the lives of those who are close to them, anybody that they're really in contact with. And Yeah, I think power is just going to be a thread that we're going to keep seeing because it's something we're really trying to look at eye to eye in our own lives. Yeah. And as we have these conversations, it illuminates and shines a light on areas where, oh, I didn't realize that had to do with me giving up my power or taking my power or stepping into it and that affects this element as well or this area yeah it has to be a non-zero sum type of dynamic both partners must be powerful and it must be a a mutually reinforcing kind of thing where you don't have this sense of anytime one person gains some power that it comes at the expense of the other person well, that's what we've done well. We've already played that out in yeah. history time and time again. And that's where my curiosity lies is, it, you're right, it's tainted, but we can't throw it out. It is valuable. And so when we polish strength and power, what does it really look like? That's what I'm interested to find out. And it's noble manifestation. Like yeah. And it's productive manifestation. Yeah. Right? And not yeah. even male, female, but Mm -hmm. individual we each individually have our own source of power and how do we function in that and how do we each function in it in a community i don't see that playing out anywhere yet and i'd love to i hope that's the direction we're going it's definitely a full that's a longer conversation yeah for sure or maybe it does just keep weaving itself in and out of our other ones let's see we're going to run out of new ideas at some point we're going to start playing the uh, greatest hits off the record <laughs> oh jason's playing the greatest hit of talking about his childhood and his mom <laughs> i don't know what would your greatest hit be like parenting deepak, coming, deepak show coming back to and how does that affect the kids <laughs> oh i love oh play that again play it again play the song about the kids <laughs> um no this is fun a l- little more loose it was fun to experiment and try yeah um, like let I us know what you think like are either of those topics ones that you're interested in listeners or is there something else tell us what you're curious about as well we're interested to know yeah what issues keep coming up over and over and over again in your private conversations with your spouses or partners like what kinds of things are you butting up against because those are the interesting things like that's where the honesty can really cut through can i be close to you so much for listening and sharing your time with us let's all keep the conversations going if you're curious for more of ours subscribe and hear it all until next time be well <laughs>